Seeds of doubt are spreading through the Moerian army and the were-creatures are knocking at the door. Are these lycanthropes friend or foe? Will past tensions be too much to overcome? And most importantly, werewolf do we go from here? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello everyone and welcome to Me, My Spouse and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia, Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, My Spouse and a Die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war with monsters for 15 years. Pancake is on my lap. She's very good. So hopefully, she's usually a pretty quiet cat when she's on a lap, so you probably won't hear her. <laughs> but she's very not quiet when she is hungry or wants to become on a lap. Yes, so that uh, that is why I figured it's better to just get her on the lap rather than have her sit there and bark at me. Or yell. Or yell at me until I acquiesce to her desires. She doesn't meow. She just yells. She yells. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> we can hear her from the first floor. Yeah. She lives when, on the third floor. When she is hungry, she hangs out on the third floor. When she's hungry, she will just like stand at the top of the stairs and <laughs> yowl. At the she, top of her little lungs. Because yeah, she, she can hear us. So like she usually gets fed in the morning and she usually gets fed at around like our dinner time or when, when we usually get home. So like five to six ish. So when we wake up, she she knows she can hear when we wake up and start moving around. And so she will come over to the top of the stairs when she knows we're up and just. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, she can hear us when we get home. And if she has not been fed in a timely manner, she will sit up there and. <laughs> she, she is very. And then she usually gets a snack before bed. Yeah, she knows. So she knows when she gets fed. Bed, and she hasn't gotten her snack. She will also sit at the top of the stairs and <laughs> she knows when she gets fed and uh, she makes sure we keep to that schedule <laughs> she's a very food motivated cat she's a mo- food motivated cat <laughs> she's a good little cat though oh she's anyway. so good oh she looks tussled and <laughs> grumpy like usual she's sitting up here her head is just over the table oh now she's kind of settling down oh cute so anyways um yeah that's that's the cat update for this week <laughs> Frying pan is as silent as pancake is loud. I got a little meow out of him last night, oh, but that was, that was about it. More than a chirp, just an, an extra meow. Yep. He, yeah. Yeah. Poor usually he like He's very quiet. He doesn't meow. He like chirps, like and very rarely. Very rarely. That's so weird. Neither of our cats sound like your average cat. Yeah. Well, neither of our cats are an average cat. That is true. They're exceptional cats. <laughs> I was going to say, are they below average cats? No, they're exceptional cats <laughs> for various reasons. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Too so, cute. They're so good. Yeah. I, to, to switch topics, I definitely thought last week you were going for the, uh, hey, I have a dragon on my side route instead of, hey, I have an army full of zombies route. I thought about that. I was going to potentially that was I was going to call Jasulka down there. I thought that's what you were you were gonna you were gonna bring him in the yeah. house and then try to get him there somewhere, wherever he may be. Yeah, well um, that's also the difficulty. I was like, I don't know where Jasulka is. Nobody knows where Jasulka is. So I'm like, I don't know how to get in touch with him. Really? Yeah. Um and so that was gonna be that was gonna be my second route. I was going to show him the zombies. And then if he hadn't gotten so adamant about leaving, I was going to try to get Jasulka down there and then have that be, but wait, there's more type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really would have liked him to have gone back to his we people and been like, yo, don't be so sad. <laughs> but I'm hoping that the arrival of this new army will do that potentially. If I can go talk to those folks. Maybe. 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 So. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. 
the uh, armies of Montagnan showed up at your doorstep. I know. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I would never have thought of them coming. I was like, oh, maybe it's the Epiquinon. Maybe it's the rest of the Grot. But they're staying up in the mountains. So I was definitely like, who is this? Who is this? Yes, it is. I had to dig through all of my old notes because I could not remember what their names were. Their names, <laughs> and I could not remember what type of were creatures they were. And oh, yeah. those are that is in like some of my it's either my first or my second Google notes for like show notes. So Well, I mean, cuz we were a long time we ago. were in Montagnon in like the first episode 20 13, episodes. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's been a long time. Yep. And we and, haven't really re-referenced to them. Yeah. It is amazing how my notes have changed in the time. I, I look back and I'm like, man, I was on the ball. I had like flavor text written out and italicized. I had like bullet points. I had all my DCs written out beforehand. Now I just like roll a check. And I figure it out. <laughs> that sounds right. In my brain. <laughs> um, but I've I've gotten better at working with far less mm-hmm. notes. That so. makes sense. So yeah, we'll we'll just pop into I'm it because cool. I don't have too much to talk yeah. about. Um, let's get some good ambiance. I also don't remember what where creatures they were. Well, you so. will find out. Uh, well, actually, we can we can just remind the audience because this was oh, like 130 episodes true. ago. Uh, so when they first went to Montagnan, the first leg of their quest to get to the Chapel of Scales, uh, they went to Montagnan, city of where creatures that was cursed in no small part due to Carhoon's uh, academics. So the whole city is is lycanthropes. Uh, and yes, they are governed by Lord Protector Severin and Lady Marin, both of whom helped rescue you when Crag beset himself upon the city. But they also don't like us very much. They didn't like you. And they were like, leave and much. never come back. Yes. Go away and never, never come back. Yes, they they both <laughs> did that. Um, in that voice. In unison simultaneously. It was mostly uh, Severin who did that. Lady Marin was a bit more gracious. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, well, because they but, were also getting all up in, like, they obviously have kind of don't really like Carhoon. They don't like Carhoon because he cursed, because he the, cursed whole city. the city. So, so they, it was, it was yeah. less you, more Carhoon, and also the fact that they're isolationist and no one really goes there and they yeah. don't really go anywhere else. Yeah. And then I was, like, standing up for Carhoon and yeah. being all like, Betty. Getting so. up in their faces. Yeah, that was only shortly after you learned that Carhoon was a werebear. So, I know. Yeah, and I remember being, was like, why didn't you tell me earlier? Why didn't you tell me? Anyways, so that is that is a quick recap scoop on this army here. So, uh, yeah, there, there should be a lot to talk about. Yeah, this is interesting. And also because I think like... We were there for such a short period of time. I honestly don't know how like many people are in this city. Um, yeah, it's so you you could discuss it. You know, it's not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the population doesn't grow at an exceptional rate, and they don't get like new blood coming yeah. into it. So it's not an enormous city. But you also know that last you knew, they were under attack. Oh, that's right. That is true. I had forgotten about that. So. Right, because we were, we were leaving and we were going up the mountain um, where we would, I think, eventually meet Owlbear and Co. And we kind of looked back and didn't we, we saw like camps surrounding Montagnon type of thing. You, I think you met Owlbear and Co. first. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. And then you went there and then sometime after you re-met them. Oh, uh, yes. okay. But uh, yeah, I just remember that I have this very stark... Now that I remember, uh, mental image of like being on this mountain and looking down at you know this besieged city. Mm-hmm. 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 Good time. Montagnon. Yeah, still my one From, of my favorite episodes. I think it was episode fifteen. Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. I, think I think it was, it was fifteen because it was like a nice round number. So. This army, all in humanoid state. <laughs> uh, so a- another tidbit that I think you learned is that they can they can basically wear shape as much as they want in the city 
but once they leave the bounds of the city, it's uh, much more taxing. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think I think you can do it like once per long rest, and after you finish it, you get a level of exhaustion. That's correct. So it yeah. is definitely um, a uh, a rigorous thing to do outside of the bounds of the city, and that is part of the curse. It makes it harder to leave. Mm-hmm. So most of them just stay yeah and very few people venture outward and no one ever goes in because it's a scary cursed city full of were creatures that's yeah makes kind of sense yeah so they are here so you carhoon grisham of owlbear and captain sebring who is kind of like the second in command at this point are standing atop a tower in front, next to the uh, northern gate of Lake Ansel, looking out at this army stretched in front of you, ramshackle banners raised high, and out in front have just stepped, as Carhoon identified, Lord Protector Severin, this grizzled older man, and Lady Marin. They take a few more steps forward, and then the Lord Protector shouts out across the gap in land between their army and your city people of Moir we the people of Montignon may wish to join your fight we mean you no harm may we enter and treat with you our armies may remain outside but we have things to discuss. <laughs> and uh, Captain Sebring shoots a glance over to Carhoon. He's like, who, who are these people? And Carhoon tells him. Mm-hmm. And after some back and forth of me not talking to myself, <laughs> uh, the gates are opened and the Lord and Lady and a few guards enter on foot through the gates which then close behind and you can see the army kind of uh relax a mm-hmm. bit and and you know take up their waiting positions while negotiations go forth uh all of the you you four up top of the tower make your way down to meet and um it's relatively tense mm-hmm. no one really knows each other except uh you and you and Carhoon and them, and right. so you all kind of meet up. There's uh, the two of them, and they have two guards, and then you, Carhoon, Grisham, and Sebring meet face to face, kind of in in this mass of Moerian soldiers who are all crowded up at the gate because they heard the bells and didn't know what was wrong. And there are some introductions um, as these where people walk through. There's a few steely glances, but Lord Protector gives a curt nod to you and Carhoon. Mm-hmm. More of uh, acknowledgement than, like, camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, again, Lady Marin is a bit more gracious, and she says, Octavia, Carhoon, it's good to see you again. Lady Marin. In one piece. Never expected to see you here, and I am i am glad to see you well. And you look behind, and you recognize one of their guards as good old Salaman. Oh my gosh, that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Wow. One of the uh, their guards back in the city, who nods as well. Uh, Lord Protector Severin says, I'm not one for formalities, so if there's somewhere we can get through with this, I know that time is against all of us. And Sebring's like, yes, yes, of course. Follow me, follow me. Um, And the lot of you, this kind of weird hodgepodge party of the eight of you, make your way through the city towards the temple where you, you know, go up and the whole way you're getting glances and you can hear yeah. the whispers and feel the gazes of the people from looking out from windows and on the street as you all pass by. Uh, no one really knows who this is. Like yeah. the average person 
has no idea, like, except for the fact that they said, you know, the armies of Montagnon. So the people who were within earshot, but most people, like, they, they would not recognize mm-hmm. who, who any of these people are. Uh, for all they know, just some random army showed up, and now they're in the gates, and everyone's not sure what's going yeah. on. But you all get to the temple, you were all let up into one of these larger kind of meeting rooms, big oaken table, and Hakon is already there, seated, kind of like propped up probably so he didn't have to limp in and look mm-hmm. <laughs> very very weak. weak yeah i was glad as soon as he said that he was waiting for us there i was like okay good <laughs> yeah so he is he is seated and he uh rises up and, and kind of stands in front of his chair leaning a bit on the table as he does um as everyone enters and the four of you from moir take seats on one side of this long table and the four from montagnon take seats on the other side. And there's just a few moments of tense, tense silence as people are, are waiting for someone to talk and Hakon breaks it. And he says, um, welcome, uh, delegates from Montignon. I heard it's excellent to have you. I must say we're quite surprised and I'm, uh, Sorry we have not met before under more pleasant circumstances, but um, please tell me what brings you here at, at, at this hour of, of need. And Severin says, well, loath as I am to admit it, we're here to join this fight. And he's kind of like, you know he does not want to be doing this. What a butt. I know my people and your people have never really been one and the same. We've never really seen eye to eye, and as far as anyone's concerned, we could be on different planets, and no one would be the wiser, but... Some time ago, Crag's armies withdrew from our walls, and we knew that something must be happening. So, in our gathering of intelligence and seeing what was happening in the wider world, it seemed like this was the last-ditch effort. Now, for as long as I've been Lord Protector... I will be honest, and I mean no offense, but I couldn't have cared less if your cities burned to the ground, just as I'm sure you couldn't have cared less if mine had. But if you fall, I know that I am not long after. Maybe a few weeks, maybe months, maybe even years, but Crag would come. He wouldn't be satisfied with conquering most of Moir. He would only be satisfied conquering all of Moir. And so I think at this moment, as much as I hate to say it, we need each other. <clears throat> so, I have mustered what forces I can, and if things are agreeable between the both of us, we can work together. <clears throat> and there's another tense moment of silence. And Hikon says, Yes, um, mm-hmm. We would welcome any aid we can. He turns to you and he says, I believe you, he looks at you and Carhoon, have some uh, some history here. Uh, perhaps right. you could, we could break the ice and uh, make things a little more comfortable. Uh, t- tell me... It must have been a long journey. Do you need anything to eat or drink? I'm not sure what you... 
I mean, Noah, can we get you anything? <laughs> and the the guards say nothing. Uh, Lady Marin defers, and Lord Severin just kind of shakes his head, and he looks over at you and says, Yes, uh, I remember you. I remember you as well. <sighs> Wasn't sure we'd ever cross paths again, and I was kind of hoping, and he looks over at Carhoon, that we wouldn't. But the past is the past, and you didn't come back, so let's just keep things civil. I'm sure that I know that it has been a long journey, even if, you know, even though that we are in a state of war, um, you know, <laughs> this is a city of hospitality, um, and what are we if we don't stick to our roots? And so Octavia will turn to a page and kind of be like... Page you know, three? Page four? Um, Which page? Uh, 57, actually. 57. Um, 304. This one is dog-eared. Um, and, and someone has highlighted all over it. Super practical. There are notes in the margins. Every single page. Um, and we'll be like, you know, bring, put together a plate of, um, you know, cheeses and fruits. Um, and bring us up some, bring us up some wine and some water because we have allies here. And it is a time to celebrate. And Hakon says, yes, and bring our finest silver, I mean goldware. <laughs> Uh-huh. The page looks at, you know, Hakon for approval and he nods and rushes off. Um, yeah. So for, for the sake of this podcast, so I don't negotiate with myself for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hakon is kind of deferring to you to, okay. to lead things just because you have a shared experience already. Um, and you have, you're, you're. Well, he'll just say, um, yes, let's, um, uh, Octavia, if you wouldn't mind, uh, sort of moderating this discussion. Absolutely. As you, we have told you are, are under no real authority from us, so perhaps you can act as the, uh, third party who is merely interested in what's best for, uh, Moir, and... I'd be happy to. Excellent. And um, with being in my home city, I think that's... Even doubly appropriate. I am glad, uh, Lord Protector and Lady, that you were able to uh, visit here at Lake Ansel. This is where I grew up. It's not nearly as beautiful as it once was, um, but hopefully it'll be able to be restored to uh, the place of rest that it was before. And I hope then you'll be able to come again and, and really enjoy the city for all that it can provide. Uh, Lady Marin says, I am glad that we can be here. It has been far too long since we left the confines of our home. And this is a lovely city, and I'm sure it would be even more lovely once this whole nastiness is put behind us. Indeed. And that is why we are here. And she looks at Severin. <laughs> Isn't that right? And he just grumbles. Yeah. Yep. Yes. 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 That is why we're here. <sighs> yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'll be honest. My negotiating skills are a bit, um, rusty, if you would. How does this, how does this work? Well, um, it would seem the, potentially the best idea would be to, you know, uh, kind of marry our, marry our forces together. Um, or, I mean, I'm sure, so, you know, I'm sure 
uh, you have your own commanders and, and forces kind of set up. So I would hate to, you know, break any, you know, training that your forces have and then ours have. So maybe it would actually be better if we're two, kind of two contingents of the same force. Um, so that we're fighting each to our best ability, because I'm sure there are different fighting styles and leadership styles um, between the two groups. Um, yes, my people will remain under my command, and we can work towards a common goal and against a common enemy. Now, I want assurances that there will be no, let's just say, infighting, because I know... What some of your kind think about my kind, and I can keep my people under control, but I want to know that you can keep yours. They're not my people per se, um, and unfortunately, they come from a very wide variety of, of backgrounds and places. But if ever I hear of any sort of infraction on that front they will have me to answer to and I will make it very plain from the top that that sort of activity and behavior will not be tolerated good I think it might expect it. be a good gesture of good faith on both of our parts to create a small um you know, small, almost strike force, as it will, of folks from both of our armies as a gesture of goodwill and as a way of being a an actual example of, you know, we can always say with words, oh, we're working together, but <laughs> seeing an actual small, you know, either battalion or, or, or strike force of both of the armies, that will be an actual representation a, a tangible representation of our of our allyship which i think would be a good you know source of morale for both parties hmm. we will see i certainly have some fighters who could fit that bill and we would as well hakon says now, one of the issues we have is timing, as we are planning to march on Grudikov uh, in the morning, t- tomorrow. D- does that fit your schedule? And uh, Lady Marin pipes up this time. She says, yeah, of course, we knew that timing was everything, and our... Our people are hardy. We will be ready. Just make sure that you are. Take on nods. Are you all well? Do you have any of your forces that need, um, you know, medical attention? We've had we've had the opportunity to, to rest some here for about forty eight hours, and you you all are just coming straight off the road. Um, what what can we provide you to help you be at your, you know, tip top shape as well? Again, we don't have. We have what we have, and but we're willing to share it. We can take care of our own. A place to rest, food to eat. That will be sufficient. Well, I'm sure we can, we can find room in the city, um, and we will, you know, we'll share what food we have. Um, and I think having an evening of all of us being together, uh, and you know, celebrating the Moir that we know. And hope to see again, I think would be a a great way to spend the night before the day. All right. Now, one thing that we'd like to discuss is after this is all over... Assuming the outcome is what we'd like it to be, 
Um, and he turns to Lady Marin, who sighs just a little bit and says, <laughs> What um, Severin is trying to say is that after much discussion and having lived through these past 15 years of war and strife, perhaps it is time for Montagnon to not be an island by itself up in the mountains. We know that the people of Stagpine, Grundkov, Lystria, Malik, uh, Lake Ansel, of course, while they govern independently, are reliant on each other. And we in Montagnon have never quite been recognized as such, not to put blame on any one individual. We certainly never extended any olive branches, but should we go forward, should we join forces, and should we win this fight in the future, we expect to enjoy the same privileges as the rest of these city-states and governments. And we will do our part to ensure that that happens. But we need assurances from you, and unfortunately I do not see the other leaders from Oir at this table. I can only hope that they will be um, in agreement with you, but as the uh, representative of this land, we will need assurances that uh, you will see to that as well. We, yeah, we don't have, um, you know, the monarchs from, from Malik or, or the rulers from Elistria uh, here, and of course um, the royal family of Grundikov is, is not what it once was. Um, but I... For what it's worth from from me, I wouldn't, I would, nothing would make me happier than to have Montagnon be, be at the table to be part and parcel of, of this continent because that's who you are and what you are. And it would only enrich all of us to you know, increase with whom we can trade, uh, the knowledge that you all have, your specific skills benefiting us and our specific skills benefiting you. And again, I am I am not, you know, king of Malik or the, or the matriarch of Elystria, but if my position um, and what I've done has any sway, I will make sure that that happens. I do have some folks from Malik, um, and I think that there are some folks who have escaped Grundikov who are here. If you would like to bring them into this discussion and hear from their own mouths, again, they are, they are not the, the kings and the queens. I wish to get through with this as quickly as possible. If you can speak for them, that would be just great. If we don't have the true leaders here, then... Well, we'll have to take it on faith. And if uh, you should... If anyone should go back on their word when this is all done, well, let's just hope what you see on the battlefield will dissuade you from doing that. Now, speaking of the battlefield my army 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 is small I will admit I've brought every fighting fit citizen of Montagnon here but there are not many of us but what I can tell you is that one of my people is worth 
And again, I mean, no offense, but they can fight like many of yours. No offense taken. I <laughs> understand and have seen that firsthand. Ah, uh, yes. He looks at Garon. So, if there's anything else you need to get cleared, or if there's anything else we need to discuss, let us discuss it now and be done with it. Otherwise, I am going to go and bring my people in so that we may prepare for tomorrow. Octavia will look at Hakon and, and will be like, from my perspective, I don't think we have anything else that would need to be discussed. We'll just want to make an announcement um, to our people to let them know what the scoop is so that they don't see an army at the gates then come marching in just so that they know what's going on and that these new folks are allies and we haven't just been overrun. Fine. Do what you need to do. And then let's let's be on with it. Yes, and Aegon says, this, this is all agreeable uh, to me. And let me just say, we are... We, we welcome you and your people here to, to the city, to this army, and to this fight. And uh, I, I am very relieved to see you. Truly, truly. He grumbles. <laughs> well, shall we, shall we go announce the news? Um, although I am still not feeling entirely myself perhaps it would be best if you were to take this hobby standing right behind you sure the, the people the people know you the people trust you I can do what I can and, and I mean we'll probably have to send a couple runners just because I mean do we have like a signal that like summons everyone to like the courtyard or something well I think um he looks out the window and there's just like a crowd of people out there I, I think word will get out okay they, most of them were at the gates. Most of them saw these people come in. Most of them saw you go to the temple. So there's just like following, yeah, a bunch of people trying, waiting outside, trying to figure out what's going on. Sounds good. Uh, so there, there's like a, a balcony you can step out on, and <laughs> one of the classic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, an oratory balcony. Exactly. <laughs> that every somehow every Star Wars leading city has. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, Octavia will will step out, and she'll have. She'll want, you know, Hakon on one side and Lord Protector Severin on the other. And she will address everyone and she will be like, um, good morning, uh, everyone. Uh, today we have <laughs> good news that I never would have thought we would have. Uh, today we are joining forces with the folks from Montignon. They have come and their army is going to bolster our army. And their fight is our fight. And our end goal is their end goal. And our causes are the same. Because at the core, we are all here from Moir. We are here from Montignon. We are here from Elystria. We are here from Stagpine. And so, in just the nick of time, we have a whole new force that is going to join with us. As you might have heard, they are currently at the North Gate, and so we will be welcoming into them into our city, and they will rest with us tonight and eat and drink before we head out tomorrow. We welcome them like we would any other force and I know I am so glad to be standing next to the capable leadership of Lord Protector Severin and Lady Marin. They are honorable people and they lead well. And I am so glad to be fighting by their side. And she'll kind of like gesture the Lord and Lady to kind of step forward. So if people mm -hmm. see them, they'll be like, oh, we know who those folks are and to... Mm -hmm. No. They do. Lord Protector just crosses arms and looks <laughs> out, and Lady yeah. Marin kind of gives a little queen wave uh -huh. to the crowd. <laughs> He's such a grumpy pants. <laughs> He's a bit of a grumpy pants. 
Um, the crowd hears this, and the reaction is mixed. There's not, like, thunderous applause and cheering, but there's not, like, booing either. There's just a lot of, like, murmuring and a few scattered, like, claps. Okay. People are just, like, taking it in. Yeah. That's why I wanted to give this announcement before the army came in through the gates. So, as the crowd processes what happens, um, the lot of you are kind of ushered back in, and Hakon's like, uh, yes, we will... I already have people working on designating um, areas for, for you and your armies to, to stay in, clearing out some some space for you. Uh, so I, I will ensure that uh, they get to where they need to go. Um, so you, you are free to uh, bring them in. Again, we welcome you if there is anything you... Uh, you, protector, or you, lady, or, or any of your 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 people need, just please let let us know. Uh, we will try to make today as comfortable as it possibly can be, given the circumstances. And Severin nods. Lady Marin says, "Thank you, Governor. We we appreciate your hospitality." And she nudges Severin in the in the gut with an elbow. And a lot of you kind of go out and down into the square and, again, make your way through these throngs of people, guards are, like, pushing people mm-hmm. out of the way so you can get back up to the gates. And, yeah, over the next oh, over the next uh, hour or so, the gates are opened. Um, the delegates of Montagnan go back to their army. There's some discussions there. And then slowly but surely, the gates open and people start making their way in and uh, being kind of led to these spots where um where where they've been like houses have been cleared out and things have been uh set aside for them to stay in is there any way that octavia can be like can we like post edicts anywhere about like what will happen if any of our forces harass their forces um because obviously we'll punish them if it happens, but they need warning ahead of time. Yes, well, Hakon, Hakon says, yes, of course, it may take some time and it, that we don't have a ton of, but we can work on spreading the word. Or even, yeah, just having runners kind of... As far as I'm concerned, these, these people know the, uh, the punishments for, for uh, treason. Yeah. So... As far as I'm concerned, this army is part Our of us, army. Okay. and uh, they, they shall be treated as such. And um, as you're having this conversation, you hear uh, some some ruckus coming on, and people in the crowd start, like, moving, and as a lot of you, I imagine, you're you're probably near overseeing mm-hmm. this, the, the people of Montagnon coming in and going through the city, and there's lots of people, like, standing on the street watching them. And you hear some some ruckus going down, and you hear some shouting, and much like the scene in The Princess Bride with the old crone, uh, Boo! 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 That scene terrified me when I was a child. It gave me nightmares. It is a terrifying, terrifying scene, but... but the crowd sort of parts to see who is making this noise, and you see uh, a hunched-over individual with just, like, crazy eyes that seem to be stemming from a, a like, mind that just has been warped, and uh, a straw hat, and a, a hoe in one hand. Oh my gosh. And he seems to be at, like, a breaking point. You think something snapped in there, and he's just shouting, like, hmm? I forget, it was kind of Creole monsters. First, first you want us to march into to certain death. Then you got zombies in a box. Now you're letting monsters into our city. They're no better than the ones we're fighting. And you're letting them in. They're going to eat me in the night. I'm going to have no skull left. They're going to flay me from behind and... Eat my legs, nibble my toes off one by one. You, you, you're letting the enemy inside. And everyone's looking at this person. Someone like, you know, I wasn't gonna say it, but he might be right. And the peace and carrots, peace and carrots, peace and carrots. 
as he's just shouting, like, quasi-insane, but also mm-hmm. kind of like... It's so true, it sounds it, insane. Yeah. Yep. Um, things, and definitely throwing in smatterings of like, there's a, there's a box full of, full of creatures, tear us limb from them if they get out. <laughs> and oh no! <laughs> what have I done? Grisham <laughs> looks over at you, and he's like, "I thought we dealt with this." And Carhoon looks over at you, and he's like, "I thought we did too." I thought we did too. And the some of the uh, the uh, Montagnonians yeah are taking notice, and uh, uh, a few of them kind of like walk over and start approaching him and Lord Lord Protector Severin and, and Lady Marin who are probably hanging out near you well Lord Protector just turns and glares at you and he, he walks up and says if you don't do something about this I will and oh, trust me I'm you don't to. like the what, what I'm going to do I was just letting the DM finish his sentence Excellent. before I made my move Octavia let, loses her wings and she swoops down next to Darius. And he's shouting and he's like, Demon woman, you think she's an angel, but she's straight from the abyss. You should see the secrets she's got. <laughs> Hideous monsters <laughs> under her command. They're going to tear us apart. Can I just make him go to sleep? Can I try to... Do you have sleep? I don't, I don't think, unfortunately. Then that's going to be a problem. That is going to be a problem. I mean, you can knock him out. Yeah, can I just like... (laughs) Punch him? Punch him? You can can try to punch him, yeah. Roll an attack. (laughs) Can I I hit him with my staff instead? My cool staff. Oh, natural one. I can use a luck point. (laughs) Okay. Natty 19. Okay, so you thwomp him. Roll me, roll me damage. I'm assuming this is non-lethal, but For it doesn't sure have to be. It doesn't have to be. Uh, five points of bludgeoning damage and 13 points of radiant damage. Uh, yeah, so he's just in the middle of shouting about zombies and monsters, and you come up and bang, hit him right upside the head, and he goes down like a sack of potatoes that he would have farmed. Mm-hmm. Crumples onto... Uh, the street and people are kind of looking at you mm-hmm. and looking at him mm-hmm. and looking back at you mm-hmm. and looking back at him. And Octavia will rise a little bit in the air and like she takes no pleasure in this, but she's like, the people who are joining us are just as much a member of our army as any one of you. They are fighting alongside of us. And any sort of um, attack against them, verbal or physical, will be treated as though it was done against someone who's been fighting with you from day one. This will not be tolerated. We are glad that they are here. And sure, maybe some of you have some prejudices and want to call them monsters, but we're all, I mean, hey, look at me. She's a monster killer! No, just kidding. I mean, yeah. Like, you've trusted me so far. I'm definitely not, quote, normal. And sure, everyone's a little bit different here because we have everyone from the entire continent here. There is no norm. The norm is we're all exceedingly different. And so, yes... This goes for both parties. Any attack, uh, any verbal diatribes, any derogatory statements, anything along those lines that wouldn't normally be tolerated are still not going to be tolerated, and they will be dealt with very swiftly. Because I don't want your individual prejudices compromising the future of our continent, people. This is bigger than you, than me, than any one particular city. So grow up and stop calling people names and get ready to fight the biggest fight of all of our lives tomorrow. We have bigger things to be worried about. Do you fly away? What do you do with Darius? 
just leave him there? No, I'll probably hand him off to. I'll like gesture some guards over, and I'll be like, "Hey, take him to the take him to the temple. Have him have him treated both his body and mind. He's obviously broken." Yeah. Okay. But then I'll stay there, like not hovering, but like I'll stay standing there, kind of overseeing everything. So stuff kind of goes down. He gets dragged away, and people not dragged. He wants to, he's unconscious, right? But I want him to be carried away, not like a criminal dragged, like put on a stretcher and carried away type oh, of thing. They they don't have stretchers. They were just gonna like so, pick him up by an arm and kind of his feet. They're not like, just gonna like grab an arm and drag him. Like do a do a fireman over the shoulder thing. That's well, they've like, got like the his his feet are kind of dragging along. They pull him up under his armpit as long as it's done a way that is respectful because octavia wants it to be like that everyone is still being treated with respect even the people who are maybe not in their right minds he gets pulled away um and not on a stretcher but not like just dragged through the streets like a dead animal towards the temple to be to be dealt with and people there's some murmuring and people begin to disperse, and the uh, Montagnonians, I need to come up with a better term for that, continue uh, working their way in, and people kind of give them uh, a wide berth, and no one really says anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming you rejoin the group at some point. I do. And Severin gives a nod to you, like, good. And Grisham kind of clasps your shoulder and leans in close to your ear and he whispers what did you do to him? He seems crazier than normal. No one's gonna believe a person who's very very crazy seeming. Does that mean what he's saying is true? Potentially. You have your secrets Grisham, I have mine. <sighs> Try not to break the minds of any of our other people, Okay. It wasn't going to be that much helpful in the battle anyway, so I don't think it's a, a total loss. That's probably true. I didn't... Th- All right. I'll have to say, I didn't mean to. That's that's fair. It was not purposeful in any way, shape, or form. I mm. was trying to convince him to stop without using any magic or anything on him. Well, so, at, at very least, you've discredited him, so... Yeah, it's that's kind of an unfortunate. Didn't did not kind of worked it out. To, it did, but not in the way that I meant to in any way, shape, or form. Unfortunately, kind of worked out. Good work. Thanks. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Clasps you on the shoulder and uh, continues overseeing this influx of uh, where individuals into the city. Uh, this lasts for a few hours. It's you know it's a small army, but it's still an army, so they they have to go in. Things get organized, but by mid afternoon, the majority of the army is in and settled, and their you know temporary spots and food is being uh, brought and cooked and whatnot, and people are are eating. And there's still kind of you know not a ton of people are intermingling. There's a few mm-hmm. brave individuals who are like sitting near the the Montagnanians and trying to strike up conversation but not a ton and most of the people from Montagnan are keeping to themselves as well just because that's the way they're used to being and have been forever uh, but there are no uh, other shouting episodes there don't seem to be any fights being broken out so you think there can at least be coexistence for the next 24 hours so that said, you have the rest of the evening and the night, but the army is marching in the morning. So final preparations are made, weapons are being sharpened, repairs are being made, armor is being, you know, <clears throat> armor is being thrown together. Stuff is Shined stuff is oil. going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, preparations are being made. Um, yeah, there's you still have a giant turtle on the beach who is being fed kelp. Right. Who agreed to come with you? He agreed to come with us because we uh, tentatively promised him a, a role in Lake Ansel as an advisor with a retinue that would constantly feed him kelp. To clarify, you promised him basically, without his knowledge, a puppet like leadership role where yeah. he would think he has a ton of power, but he doesn't Indeed. actually. And really, he would just have servants who dote on him. Yeah. <laughs> And no real say. Exactly. Okay. 
he just would really want to say anyway. He exactly. just wants servants. He just wanted <laughs> the power, illusion of the power. Illusion of power. Yes. <laughs> Which we will give him. Which you will give him. Uh, In exchange for his knowledge and protection. Yes. Um, and so, like, you could see siege weapons get, like, rolled up to the gates for easier maneuvering out. So there's, like, a couple big battering rams, mm-hmm. uh, some, other, some, like, big catapults and and uh, ballistas and other other engines like that. There's not many, like, towers because you don't really it's think there's going to be walls you're going to have to yeah. scale. But several large, impressive-looking battering rams. And some other things to fling large, heavy objects at people. So, um, you know, I know that we've been preparing for the last couple days. And so I don't know if this is possible, but Octavia would love nothing more than when basically it's gotten late enough that kind of, you know, kind of need to stop making preparations and start resting type of thing. She wants to bring the people of Montignon and the armies of Moir together a bit more. She would love to put on a little show of like strength and agility so that the most strong and like agile and like able to do amazing things folks from both armies can kind of like just make it like a little display to show that like oh look at this cool thing this guy from Montagnon can do oh look at this cool thing this girl from the army of Moir can do and kind of as a way of everyone to get together you know have a couple beers like all of that type of thing as a way to kind of grow in that camaraderie before the day goes okay um you can is there a organize event role I mean, there's, like, performance. Yeah, performance is what I'd go with. Um, But if anything, it would almost be more, like, persuasion to get it organized? Sure, give me a persuasion to get it organized, and then a performance to see how well it goes over. 18 for persuasion. Okay, full me whispers in your ear the whole time, and she's like, this is how you organize things. This is I was a great event planner in my day. <laughs> of course she was. And then for performance... So you managed to get something set up in uh, the meager few hours you have. Um, okay. And now, you rolled. What was the roll? It was a five. What's gonna, the total? I, that, that's a plus three, so I'm going to use a luck point. Okay. So sixteen for performance. Sixteen. Okay, it's a it's a it's a decent show. Um, it's basically an open mic night. Yeah. Kind of. Just if you've got some cool trick you can do, come up and do it. So there's some people who throw knives with like crazy accuracy. There's maybe some people who like rip phone books in half. Yeah. Some of those like uh, people who stack themselves up in weird ways. Right. Like the strong people yeah. who always show up on America's Got Talent it's and like literally twist themselves what I was around. Thinking. Like those three those hot brothers. Italian guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's literally exactly what I was thinking. There's a contortionist. Yeah. Like, and I feel like Octavia will also get up and do like, I don't know, one of her like more flashy spells mm-hmm. or like do something cool. True. And um, she'll have like she'll maybe like do a do a joint performance with Carhoon or she'll like hold a log and he'll just like chop it in half chop it in half really easily or cool stuff like that. Or like she'll throw it in the air and he'll use all three strikes to, you know, cut it three times and then it lands on the ground in like a perfect firewood formation type of thing. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a decent show. People you know, it goes over pretty well. Um, it's not like an uproarious success where everyone's cheering and, you know, hanging out afterwards. But it definitely seemed to ease a few tensions and maybe calm people down over what may be their last night ever. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good night. It goes late, but not too late. And, um, you know, people have a good, a good laugh, have a good chuckle, um, and seem to enjoy themselves a modest amount. Like... Probably like you know county fair. Yeah. Okay. So you know, pretty pretty good time. You go home and you're like, I had a good time, but you're not like that was the best thing hey, ever. If I could get county fair level, that yeah. I would be happy with county so it's, fair level. It's solid, and people seem to be feeling good. Uh, and so the night passes, and you head back to your room in uh, the temple to yes. uh, hang out. Hakon seems to be doing better you know he's he's basically at full hit points but just dealing with the the fact that yeah 
the physical trauma of nearly dying um, as a person who is not, you know, a level 13 adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's doing better. Everyone seems to be doing okay. Uh, the Lord and Lady have been given a room uh, up here. So everyone's doing doing pretty well, but it is a tense night. And so the night passes and the morning starts to break. And before the sun is up, the people are up and the army... The, the war machine starts moving, getting ready to march out. But we will pick up for the marching next episode. All right. Uh, it's finally here. Oh He's coming. Gosh. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can get in touch with us. We are active on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, and our handle is at and a die podcast really appreciate y'all tuning in and catch y'all next week